This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to TVN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's show, Matt and Lori Crouch host New York Times bestselling author and radio talk show host Gary Chapman. They discuss all five love languages and the secret to a love that lasts. The uh, five love languages is something that everyone knows and has seen, and more than 12 million copies are Amazing. now been sold. What was the genesis of this book? What made you write it? 30 years later, you would have never understood that it would be one of the top selling books in the history of Christian literature, but it is. So where, what's, the, what's day one of five love languages? It actually grew out of my counseling. I never forget the first time it dawned on me that what makes one person feel loved doesn't make another person feel loved. A okay. couple came in to see me. I didn't know them, never met them, found out they'd been married to each other for 30 years. The wife sat down and said, Dr. Chapman, we just tell you a little bit about us before we start. She said, uh, we don't argue. We don't have any money problems. And she went on with two or three more positive things. And I was beginning to ask myself, <laughs> did they come in to tell me what a good marriage they have? Yeah. And then she started crying. And she said, but the problem is, I just don't feel any love coming from him. She said, we're like two roommates living in the same house. He does his thing and I do my thing. And I feel so empty. And I don't know how long I can go on like this. I looked at her husband and he said, I don't understand her. I do everything I can to show her that I love her. And she sits there and tells you what she's been telling me. She doesn't feel love. He said, I don't know what else to do. I said, well, what do you do? to show your love to her. He said, well, I get home from work before she does, so I start the evening meal. Sometimes I have it ready when she gets home. If not, she'll help me, and then we eat. And after we eat, he said, I wash the dishes. And every Thursday night, I vacuum the floors. And every Saturday, I wash the car and help her with the laundry. And he went on, and I was beginning to wonder, what does this woman do? <laughs> it sounded to me like he's doing everything. <laughs> and I looked back at her and she said, Dr. Chapman, he's right. He is a hardworking man. And then she started crying again. And she said, but we don't ever talk. Hmm. We haven't talked in 20 years. She said, he's always mowing the grass, washing the dishes, always doing something. Wow. And I realized here was a sincere husband he was expressing love the best way he knew how, and his wife wasn't getting it. Mm -hmm. And after that experience, I heard that story over and over and over in my office with other couples, and I knew there had to be a pattern to it, but I had no idea what it was. So eventually, I took time to sit down and read several years of notes that I made oh, I when I was counseling and asked myself, when someone said, I feel like my spouse doesn't love me, what did they want? What were they complaining about? Mm -hmm. And their answers fell into five categories. 
I later called them the five love languages, started using it in my counseling. If you want her to feel love, you guys speak love in her language. If you want him to feel love, you guys speak his love language. I would help them discover each other's love language, challenge them to go home and try it. Sometimes they would come back in three weeks and say, Gary, this is changing everything. Wow. The whole climate's different now. Wow. Then I started using it in small groups of couples. The same thing happened. Probably five years later, I thought, you know, if I could put this concept in a book, write it in the language of the common person uh, so that people could easily understand it, maybe I could help a lot of couples. I would never have time to see in my office. That's what motivated me to write the book. Dr. Chapman literally has figured out the code. I mean, this is literally changing relationships. There is some people viewing this broadcast that can say it's not that difficult. You don't have to do this book. You don't have to do this because the Holy Spirit just is supposed to take care of everything and the Holy Spirit is supposed to, you know, move by, drop little Disney dust kind of stuff <laughs> over you, and you're supposed to then just have this beautiful, euphoric feeling. Overwhelming love. Yeah, for your spouse. And if that isn't the case, then there's something wrong with you and God. You're saying there's some work that needs to be done. Address those in the audience that think this should be a prayer, and a snapping of the fingers and a fix for marriages instantly. Well, I'm not suggesting that we can do this in our own energy and our own power. Okay. You know, the scriptures say the love of God is poured out on our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But we have to be channels. We have to be open to God. And let's face it, we're all self-centered. Even as Christians, we're still self-centered. And we're thinking about our need for love. In right. fact, I've had people say to me, Dr. Chapman, I spoke my spouse's love language for three weeks. It didn't make any difference. <laughs> and, and, and what's wrong, you know? And I said, so you're trying to manipulate your spouse. And if I'll do these things, then they'll, they'll feel loved. And, and they'll love me back. No, 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 no. We love God because God first loved us. In a marriage relationship or any other relationship, we have to take the initiative. It doesn't matter whether it's a husband or a wife. One person can take the initiative. It influences the other person. Love stimulates love. Got it. So, yeah, I, you know, no question about it. People ask me sometimes, and I've sometimes said to secular audiences where I share this book, I share this concept, and I say, now, I've given you information on how to effectively communicate love on an emotional level so that you meet this need for love. I can't give you motivation. Mm -hmm. I can tell you where I got my motivation. Mm -hmm. And I share my relationship with God because it's in my relationship with Christ that gave me the desire yeah. to love my wife you know, in, in, the, in, in a way that's meaningful to her and not to assume that I know what makes her feel loved because we don't. We're individuals made in the image of God, but uniquely made. And so what makes me feel loved and I just simply choose to speak that way to my spouse, they don't, won't necessarily feel loved because they're different. We need to know what makes the other person feel loved. Go ahead, babe. It's like we, we always have to do what we can do, no matter sure. what, as Christians, and then God does what only He can do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It. I want to make sure I understand the concept before we break down what the this love languages and are. get into them. I want to make sure I understand, in essence, the concept. You wrote this book based upon years of notes and counseling people 
as a doctor of? Well, my doctorate is actually in adult education. Okay. How adults learn. Okay. And I learned, I applied that in the counseling setting, how adults learn. Okay. So that's my background. Okay. So you wrote this basically, Dr. Gary Chapman wrote this book based upon the notes that you were taking as you were counseling people, okay? Then that kind of morphed into identifying these five categories. And the five categories, I'll read them off the back of the book here, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So everybody has a primary, or I think the book even suggests you could have kind of a co-primary in some, in some circumstances, but, but basically a primary love language. And so you could be doing all sorts of acts of service for your spouse, but if her love language is quality time, you're actually not helping the situation. You're almost making it worse. Yeah, you're sincere. Yeah. You're sincere, but you're missing the mark, yeah. which is to meet that need for love. Because if you feel loved in a marriage relationship, everything else is easier to process. Listen, all of us face differences and conflicts and struggles and grief and all kinds of things in life. All of that's easier to process if you feel secure in the love of your spouse. So I have a love tank. I'm using your terminology. Lori has a love tank. And by identifying her primary love language and then doing that, I am in essence putting gas in the tank, as it were. Putting money in the okay? bank. Putting money in the bank <laughs> that I can withdraw uh, whenever I want. Okay. Uh, and so basically, that part. <laughs> basically, that's the subject matter in which we're talking about this book. Uh, is basically, I at least have the concept down. Yeah, that, that is the basic concept okay. of the book. All right. So, on the way down here, we were kind of describing the book as we knew it. And I'm sitting here with the man himself, and I, I apparently get the concept of the book. And so I was trying to explain it. So, Lori chimes in in the back seat. To my aunt and uncle who were in yeah. the car. Right. So we were all talking about So we, she chimes in in the back seat. <laughs> I'm driving. And she says something about the book by saying something like, uh, you know, I would assume for, you know, the first 35 years of our marriage, I'm telling the story. So can, just, I, can I tell yeah, it like I, I said no, it? Because no. you're going to embellish uh, it. You can tell your <laughs> side of the story. Okay? I'm going to tell my side of the story. Okay? So, <laughs> oh, my God. And the way he yeah. took it. <laughs> so, basically, so she says, I would have assumed for the first... I didn't say that part at all. Okay. I said it would be okay. like... I'm reading between the lines. You meant it. If you didn't say it, you meant it. Let me so, suggest you let her tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> Crap. The doctor just told me to shut up. I love it. Well, okay, I'll, I'll... okay, let me just tell it the way I told it because then he just made it funny. And that's one of the things that, that I love about him is that he makes me laugh. He wants to make me laugh to get out of trouble. If he's done I've something never been stupid, in he, he tries to make me laugh, and it normally always works. So I do love that. But I was, I was saying, so if Matt's love language was quality time, I would kind of assume we are together 
pretty much 24-7. Except for the rest of this interview. Day, except <laughs> after this interview. I might have to have a break. <laughs> you go home, I'm going home with you. So, um, but, so... So is it hot in here all of a sudden? <laughs> seems you know like, I mean? It seems like it's hot in here all I'm of a sudden. Good. Oh, good. <laughs> Since I'm telling this story, Go I'm ahead. fine. So I, I said, so when he goes and does something with the guys, because I do live a very guy life. We've got two sons. I'm around guys a lot. Most of the time we travel guys. So, so since we are together so much, I would think... He probably needs a break from me. Go do your thing with Tom or Kaylin or whoever. And that would be so. But if quality time was his love language, he probably would like me to okay. go on those fun things with him. Right. But, okay. but what she's saying Does that make, is she was explaining. Oh, what she's saying? I, I'm going to mansplain. This <laughs> you better what, watch it. What she, what, what she suggested was... <laughs> That she was, she was suggesting that my love language might have morphed from physical touch to, to quality time. Mm -hmm. And she was somewhat justifying the fact that we work together and travel together and that we're rarely ever apart as quality time. And I said from the front <laughs> seat, working together isn't really quality time. Physical proximity isn't necessarily quality time, okay? And so we found that from the back seat to the front seat, explaining your book on the way down here, <laughs> that we were tapping into something that might be relevant to literally our relationship, which really? is, which is, Okay. Is it you, quality time? It is. <laughs> if you're sitting together I knew on it. an airplane or on an interview... That isn't necessarily quality time. Amazing if somebody, quality time right now. <laughs> if, if somebody has a phone in their hand, that's not quality time. Okay, so if you're sitting, that. you know, if you're sitting there, <laughs> so we kind of got a lesson in this. Not that we're asking you to to pick a side here or sort some out. Of course not. But what we're doing is we're drilling down that there could have been in the attempt to explain. This concept of this book, we found something that was all of a sudden becoming poignant in the car, okay? Yeah. With that said, why don't we start now? Because this is just an example of a million of examples of couples that are sitting right now on the couch getting elbowed and, and that <laughs> kind of each stuff. Other and and <laughs> throwing books. <laughs> there is a super serious side of what we're talking about. Why don't you now just take take them one by one, break them down the way you want us to hear about it, and let's get deeper into the five love languages. Okay. There's no particular order in okay. the five, okay? okay? One is not more significant than the other. One is words of affirmation. Got it. Using words to affirm the other person. You look nice in that outfit. Thank you. Really appreciate what you did. You know, one of the things I like about you, it's just affirming them with words. You know, there's an ancient Hebrew proverb that says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yep. We can kill people. We can give them life by the way we talk to them. For some people, this is their primary love language. Mm -hmm. This is what really makes them feel loved. 
And if they don't receive words of affirmation from you, their love tank will get empty. They will not feel loved, even though maybe you're washing the dishes and doing all these other things. So words of affirmation. Before you move, yeah. before, let me ask you a question on that. Maybe you can help me identify the right word. Placating yeah. is, is, hey dear, you look nice, is if you think that her love language is words of affirmation, is that somewhat placating or could it be? The words have to be sincere. Okay. The words you speak have to be sincere. Otherwise, we pick up on insincerity. So I think the words have to be sincere. And you can speak the words. You can also write the words. I guess you could sing the words. But for words people, the words are important. Why do you think that is? That it, it obviously it's not my love language, it's and not so his love I, language. I I think have it's one trouble. Of mine. I have. She thinks she has all five, by the way, <laughs> I see. and wants me to fill all five of those <laughs> tanks. Okay, so <laughs> I am at least quadlingual. <laughs> oh my god! And so ultimately, I must not need that or that isn't yeah, something that because I, I don't quite get it. Can you help me get it better? Well, here, here's why we, we have difficulty. If, if our number five, the one that's least important to us, is our spouse's number one, we will have difficulty understanding. Why would that mean so much to yeah. you? Yeah. You know, uh, and, and that's why it's a learning curve. You have to learn how to do that. I remember a man who said to me, Dr. Chapman, my wife's love language is words of affirmation. I don't know how to say things. I can't say things like that to my wife. He said, I never heard words of affirmation growing up, and I don't know how to do that. Mm. I said, well, let me ask you this. Tell me three things you appreciate about your wife. He thought a minute, and he said, well, uh, she's a good cook. <laughs> She's a good mother, and she's a good school teacher. I said, okay. So I just took a sheet of paper, and I wrote out one sentence on each one of those. Like, for example, on the cooking. Say, honey, I haven't told you this, maybe ever, but I really appreciate all the meals you fixed for us. And I just wrote out one sentence. I said, go home and stand in front of a mirror and read these out loud to yourself. My Twice God. a day this week and come back. He came back, I said, now can you say those three sentences without looking at your notes? He did, he stumbled a little bit, but he said them. I said, okay, here's your assignment. You just go home and say one of those the next three weeks, one each week. You just pick the time of the day and you just say one of them each week. You come back. He came back. I said, did you do it? He said, yeah. He said, Doc Chapman? He said, when I got to the third one, my wife said, what's going on with you? <laughs> I've never heard you give me so many compliments. And he said, I just told her, well, honey, I'm, I'm really trying to learn how to, how to let you know how much I appreciate you. She said, that's wonderful. I love you. <laughs> he said, Doc Chavin, she hadn't said that in a long time. Wow. <laughs> I'll write those out for you when we get home. <laughs> okay. So if somebody is sitting there viewing this and it's super uncomfortable right now on the couch because both Sorry. of their love tanks are empty... Yeah. And they are saying, yeah, that's okay for you. Uh, you know, you guys seem to, uh, you know, always be together. And, you know, it's, it's easy for you. But you don't understand. There's just no feeling there. Yeah. There's no feeling. I, I don't even feel like I can attempt to do this 
with some sense of sincerity. Yep. If I did it, it would be fake. What do you say about that? Love is an attitude with appropriate behavior. It doesn't begin with a feeling. Falling in love begins with a feeling. You don't say one day, if you're single, you don't say one day, I think I'll fall in love today. No, you meet somebody, there's something about the way they look, the way they talk, the way they emote that gives you an emotional tingle. I call it a tingle. And the more you're together, the more you want to be together. Uh, and we call it falling in love or being in love. It takes no work at all. It just, it's just a, just a, happens. a phenomenon. But it has an average lifespan of two years. And we come down off the high. And this is where knowing the person's love language becomes extremely important. Because now it doesn't just happen. Now we've got to intentionally learn how to communicate love to the other person. And so uh, that's why I say in the Bible, love is not basically a feeling. It's basically an attitude. And the attitude is, I'm here to enrich your life. How can I enrich your life? And, and then it has appropriate behavior. See, God loved us and he sent Christ. Mm -hmm. He had an attitude of love. He cares about our well-being. He sent Christ to die for us so he could forgive us and still be a, a just and holy God. He expressed his love. I don't, I don't think God was sitting around having tingly feelings. Mm -hmm. he, he loves us. He wants the best for us. Mm -hmm. So if we understand that, love begins with an attitude. And so we don't wait until we have warm feelings again for the other person. We say to God, Lord, I know you love them. I don't have love feelings for them, but I'm married to them or I'm their close friend or they're my grown son or daughter and I want to be your channel for loving them. Now, show me how to most effectively love them. Mm -hmm. And you, you move out with behavior based on your attitude. Then when you connect with them and they feel loved by you, they're far more likely to begin to reciprocate. And the feelings come back. Yeah, the feelings are important. We are emotional creatures, okay? God is emotional as well. You just read about God. You see all the emotions in God. We're emotional creatures, but love itself doesn't begin with the emotion. The attitude and the behavior stimulates the emotion. And the emotion comes back maybe down the road. It might be three weeks. It might be three months. But the emotions come back after we've chosen to communicate love. Okay, let's move to acts of service. Acts of service is doing something for the other person that you know they would like for you to do. Taking out the trash. Who does that a so absolutely. well. Absolutely. Acts of service. Mm -hmm. It's washing dishes, vacuuming floors, walking the dog, washing the car, mowing the grass, changing the baby's diaper. Woo, that's a big act of service. Yeah. <laughs> light bulbs. Yes. Light, changing light bulbs. That's a big thing. Yeah. For her. Remember the old saying, actions speak louder than words. Wow. It's true it's if this true. is your love language. Mm -hmm. It's not true for everyone, but if this is your love language, actions will speak louder than words. You see, in my own marriage, I didn't know anything about love languages when we got married. I did know about myself that I felt affirmed if people gave me words of affirmation. I wouldn't have called it that at the time. So what did I do when I got married? I did what comes natural. I gave her words of affirmation. Told her how nice she looked, how glad I was that I married her. I probably told her a dozen times a day, I love you, honey. I love you, love you, love you. <laughs> and one night she said to me, you keep on saying, I love you, I love you. If you love me, why don't you help me? And I was blown out of the saddle. Because in my mind, I loved her. <laughs> in her mind, if I loved her, I'd be helping her. 
I didn't know about love languages, but mm -hmm. she was telling me, you mm -hmm. know, if you love me, help me around the house here. And I was thinking, I'm in graduate school. I'm working part time, woman. <laughs> that's your job. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wish I'd have read it? this book. I wish I'd have read this book before I got married. You wish you would have had I'm that. I'm going to recommend a book to you, Dr. Chapman. It's called Five Love Languages. We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. Receiving gifts is number three. It's universal to give gifts as an expression of love. The gift says, they were thinking about me. Look what they got from me. The gift doesn't have to be expensive. We've always said it's the thought that counts. Mm -hmm. But I like to remind people, it's not the thought left in your head that counts. <laughs> it's the gift that came out of the thought in your head. You know, I say to guys, you can get flowers free in the spring and summer. Mm -hmm. Just go out in your backyard and pick one. Mm -hmm. That's what your kids do. Mm -hmm. Most mothers have received a dandelion from their kids. Yeah. Just go out in your backyard. You don't have any flowers in your backyard? Check out your neighbor's yard. <laughs> Ask them. Don't steal them. Ask them. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, my uh, academic background before I studied counseling and theology was anthropology. I did an undergrad and a master's in cultural anthropology, the study of cultures. Uh, it's universal. There, there are no cultures where people don't give gifts as an expression of my love. Goodness. And for some people, this is very, very meaningful. And for other people, it's not, it's not on the top list. So, for instance has nothing to do with this. You could um, be in a marriage where if she's just a horrible person, has done something wrong, would bring you something, and you just want her to say you're sorry. Yeah, well, that, that's a, that is a cultural phenomena, phenomena in China. I learned this when I was in China, mm -hmm. that if they have wronged someone, one of the things they do is they go buy a gift and they give it to the person without saying anything mm -hmm. because it's a shame culture. Mm -hmm. They don't want to have shame right. of having failed. Right. And, and, and if it works, it works, you know. But, yeah. uh, but I think it's not giving gifts to appease the other person. It's giving gifts because you love the other yeah. person and you know that this is meaningful to them. And it helps, obviously, if you know what they're interested in. You know, if they have a special candy bar and you go to the grocery store and you just bring home that candy bar and say, honey, I was thinking about you. That that's, that's, means a lot to them. Mm -hmm. If you know they collect certain things mm -hmm. and you're traveling and you find something they're collecting and you, you know, so meaningful gifts uh, is, is, you have to know the person to know mm -hmm. what would be meaningful to them. What is giving a gift really saying? Is it just that some people are wired that it's not, it couldn't be just that I want more stuff. What, what's a gift giving really saying to the person whose language is um, receiving gifts. I think it's simply the fact that you had to think about me to do this. Okay. When we were away, you were thinking about me. Now, you know, we have traditions that kind of force us to give gifts during the Christmas time, on birthdays, on Valentine's Day, and that sort of thing. And, and we just, we kind of just do that as a part of our culture. But if this is the person's primary love language, what it says to them is that you've got them, you've got them on your heart. You've got them in your mind. You, hmm. you had to be thinking about them to, to, to get anything and bring it and give it to them. It's just, it makes them feel loved just like words of affirmation makes another person feel loved. Got it. Okay. Quality time. What, what is it? How do you define it for us so that we kind of 
you know, have some rules here. It's giving the other person your undivided attention. There you go. It is not sitting on the couch watching this TV program. Okay. Because we have their attention. Got it. The TV is off. The computer is down. We're not answering our phone. We're sitting on the couch looking at each other and talking to each other. Okay. Or we can be taking a walk together down the road and talking. Mm -hmm. Or going out to eat, assuming that we talk. We've all seen couples in restaurants across the table from each other, both got their phones looking down at the screen. Now, maybe they're finding something they want to share with the, the other person. That, that's legitimate. But maybe they're reading a text that somebody just sent them. You know, the phone vibrated. Mm-hmm. That's not quality time. And incidentally, when you apply this to children, the child who has quality time is their language, and the parent is talking with them and listening to them, and the parent's telephone rings, and they answer the phone, they just communicated to that child, someone out there is more important than you are. Mm. If the child's language is quality time, you don't answer the phone. That's what voicemail's for. Mm-hmm. You give them your undivided attention. This is my daughter's love language, quality time. And incidentally on children, you can figure out the love language pretty early by observing their behavior. Yeah. My son's love language is physical touch. When, I, when he was about four years old, I'd come home from work. He'd run to the door, grab my legs, and climb on me. He's touching me because he wants to be touched. Our daughter never did that. She would Mm -hmm. say, Daddy, come into my room. I want to show you something. Mm -hmm. She wanted quality time. So whether it's children, the parent-child, or whether it's husband-wife, or whether it's a friendship, a close friendship, uh, single adults in their dating relationships, this this can be very, very helpful. Uh, So, yeah, that's that's basically quality time. So you you put some very clear... Uh, you know, kind of ditches on the side of the road here, quality time is not necessarily sitting together, flying on an airplane together, riding in a car together, doesn't mean it's quality time or even being in proximity. It has to be communicating one-to-one. Absolutely. Being in the same house, being in the same room is not quality time. Got it. You're exactly right. And I think, you know, if, if you're in a situation where you are on call, you're a medical doctor or whatever, or some, you're on call, yeah, and you're talking to the kid, you you got to answer. You just say, son, this is important. I have to do this. It's part of my job. You know, explain it to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, here's one of the things I suggested uh, for couples who are at home together, you know, stuck at home together, as it were. They say, well, why do we need to sit down and, 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 and talk to each other? Well, I, I, first of all, I say, let's have a sit down and listen time. Hmm. rather than a sit-down-and-talk time. Because when I say, let's sit down and talk, it normally means I have something I want to tell you. (laughs) But if I say, let's have a sit-down-and-listen time, it means I want to hear what's going on in your life. So even though you're in the same house, you still need to have, especially if quality time is their language, I think you need to have a daily sit-down-and-listen time. It might be 15 minutes. Honey, tell me what's going on in your mind today. What's happened in your your work, if if they're working? Or what have you been thinking today? What have you been feeling today? What's what's going on in your mind? And and listen to them. And then let them listen to you. Uh, Even if it's just 15 minutes, man, that communicates to them. Mm -hmm. You care about them. You want to hear what's going on inside of them. The whole purpose of, of quality time is that you're showing interest in the other person and that you care about them. So whatever the setting... Uh, that, that's the objective. Okay, if I can 
stay on this one just for one more <laughs> second because I found another little nuance that, you know, it's, it's, I understand what you're saying, and that does apply to us. She does like to hear kind of a debrief. Interesting, though, um, you know, uh, Trinity is a, a company that, you know, we, we have different divisions, and, and sometimes I'm dealing with the good part of what TBN is, which is content, sitting with Dr. Gary Chapman, unpacking the five love languages, uh, this is the fun part of TBN to me. Sometimes I deal with sections that aren't as fun, that are technology related. And so, you know, I'm home sometimes and she's at least hearing my side of the conversation in regard to technical matters. And there can be a disruption of what you just said, which is, her wanting to be filled in and that makes her feel comfortable and connected and all, all sorts of different dynamics. And the, I have said to her a couple of times in 2020, again, we're in 2021, but in 2020, look, I'm at home, I'm not at the office, I'm here, but I'm still in work mode and I need to get to my next call. Now, that's probably not the best thing to, to have to admit and everything, but that is a complication that's going on, yeah. I'm sure, in a lot of homes yeah. uh, that is something, at least I wanted to articulate that, you know, in some, I, I'm not even sure what I'm trying to say, except yeah. that that wasn't the right time to do that because I'm in work mode. I would have normally been sitting in my office doing this. Yeah. Yeah, timing is a, is a key factor. Bail me out here, doctor. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, but I haven't made that an issue. You haven't. I, I'm just I saying it's something issue. that I yeah. would have yes. felt bad about. And yeah. Are you, know, you say, trying to say you're sorry? I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> well, I think See, what, in that kind of setting, so easy. What you, you would do exactly what we're doing now. You would talk about that. And both of you understand the concept yeah. that you've, oh, yeah. you, you're, you're at home, but you're working. And, and, if, and if she would come in and start to asking you to debrief or ask you a question, say, honey, I'm gonna write it down and, and, and this afternoon or this evening or tonight, we'll talk about that. Yeah. <clears throat> and the same thing with a child. You know, to say to a child who has come to you and wanting to talk right now, and maybe quality time is their language, and you say, honey, I really wanna hear what you're saying, but I've gotta finish these beans or I'm gonna burn them. So, you know, give, give me 10 minutes here. Let me finish what I'm working on, and then I will sit down, and I want to hear what you have to say. So it's a matter of, of, of finding a time, not just turning them off, but yeah. explaining why and then setting a time to talk. Um, fifth love language, physical touch. Um, explain that deeper. We've long known the emotional power of physical touch. Mm -hmm. That's why we pick up babies. Mm -hmm. Hold them, kiss them, cuddle them. Mm long before the baby understands the meaning of the word love, the baby feels love by Got physical it. touch. In a marriage, this is such things as holding hands, which you all are doing right now. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Embracing. <laughs> that would have been awkward. <laughs> Kissing each other. The whole the sexual part of the marriage. Arm around the shoulder. Driving down the road, you put your hand on their leg. Sitting around the house, they walk by and you trip them. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't trip your spouse. Had him on the butt. <laughs> uh, appropriate touches. And uh, for some people, physical touch is their primary language. 
And if, you, if you're not kind of rubbing up against them or just putting your hand on their shoulder or kissing or hugging in a marriage relationship, right. then they begin to feel like they don't love me. You know, yeah. if they love me, they'd be showing it by the way they yeah. touch me. And the same thing is true with children. And, uh, you know, and now in the workplace and those relationships, obviously, you know, HR people say, oh, we don't touch at work. Yeah. <laughs> and I understand that because of all the abuse that we've had in the workplace mm-hmm. through the years. Uh, but humans touch. There are no human cultures where humans do not touch hmm. appropriately. So there are appropriate touches. And for some people, uh, it is these appropriate touches that makes them feel appreciated and loved. Some of, uh, I want to touch it one more time. Some of our audience just thinks you can go to a marriage seminar and that the Lord's going to uh, fix our marriage with a snap of a finger and look, God can do anything and he can do any kind of miracle he wants to do. And I'm not opposed to that in, under any circumstance and, and hope that it happens for you, you know, Sam and Madge sitting on the couch right now. And holy smokes, if there really is a Sam and a Madge sitting out there, um, they're probably freaking out right now. But, uh, but basically uh, what we're saying here is thanks to Dr. Gary Chapman, we have a roadmap to get there. And there is a love tank, okay? And you have one and it might be empty and that's why you have no feeling for the spouse. And until you kind of identify these five things, okay, in your, and and that's what the book is, by the way, get, call the number Mm -hmm. and get the book because the book helps you identify what your love language is and what your spouse or your child or your aunt or your uncle or your parent or your grown child that you're having communications problems with. But the five are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, physical touch. You left one out, which is cooking, I think is a love language. That's a huge act of service. Okay, so it's all these the, languages have dialects. Okay, and cooking sar- is a dialect. And sarcasm is not a love language. <laughs> you put <laughs> sarcasm is not a love that's language. That's not a love language. <laughs> I've had people Shoot. try to convince me that it is. <laughs> now, the, yeah, the the only mistake in this book is that cooking is not a love language. Shame. Uh, okay, so inside of acts of service, you actually have a diagram of a kind of a, uh, a, a waiter holding a, a, a thing of food. Yeah. So you, you obviously know that being a foodie is kind of a big thing, but it's in your acts of service. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, yeah. it's a dialect of acts of service. I, I call it, in every one of these, and I discuss some of them in the book, there are different ways of doing this when I'm calling them dialects because this, the concept is very similar to spoken language. Every one of us speaks a language with a dialect. And that's the one we understand best. We call it our native tongue. Mm -hmm. I grew up speaking English, Southern style. Got it. But everybody has a language with a dialect. And the same principle is true in the love languages. Now, very seldom does a husband and wife have the same language. It does happen. And I had a lady say to me recently, she said, Gary, my husband and I have the same love language. I said, wonderful. What is it? She said, acts of service. But she said, the things I want him to do that make me feel loved, are different from the things he wants me to do to make him feel up. There you go. Same language, just different dialects. Got it. Interesting. Okay. We have a lot of people watching today that um, 
as as funny and and funny as it all can get, um, it's very important. This is a very important thing that you've done, and um, I know there are people sitting out there. You might be married a year. You might have been married fifty that are sitting on the couch, saying, "Man, I I need this. I need to." because I don't feel anything anymore. It's been 50 years, neither one of us are going anywhere, but I would love to feel that again. Can you just minister, can you just look at the cameras and just minister to our people and maybe pray? Yeah, pray sure. Pray for everybody. Sure, I'd be happy to. You know, I think uh, what all of us uh, desire is to have warm, loving, caring relationships, whether it's marriage or with our children, our young children, our grown children. None of us enjoy fractured relationships. And so, you know, we can apologize for our failures and then start loving and seeking to learn and speak each other's love language. And we do, we rebuild the marriage relationship or the friendship. And, and that's, that's my desire, that's my heart. And, and it's on God's heart. God wants to bring people together. So let's pray together. Father, thank you that you care about us Thank you. more than we care about each other, mm. and that you want to use us as instruments of enriching the lives of the people in our family and the people beyond our family that we encounter throughout the day. I do pray, Father, for those who are struggling, whether it's a marriage relationship or a parent-child relationship. Yes. I pray that your spirit will touch their spirit give them a deep desire to acknowledge their own failures in the past and to apologize to you and apologize to the other person and request forgiveness. And I pray that you'd give a spirit of forgiveness to those who hear an apology. And then, Father, give them a deep desire to experience what we've been talking about, yes. to have the kind of marriage they thought they wanted when they got married, to have the kind of relationship with their adult children that they wanted to have all along through those years. I pray, Father, you would bring healing to relationships yes. because we talked today about this topic and we know that you are always there to help us do exactly what you've asked us to do, and that is to love those even who are unlovely just as you loved us when we were unlovely. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. Help um, Sam and Madge, who are sitting on the couch, with that concept that they've got to take one step, you know, and that as ridiculously uncomfortable as that one step might feel, you have sat and heard the stories. You are the expert at understanding this concept that it really can change. It really can, but it's not going to feel like something that you're going to want to do. Yeah. I don't ever ask couples, do you want to work on your marriage? Got it. Because when they're in my office, they've often come just wanting somebody to affirm that it's not going to work. Mm. There you go. And they don't have the want to. Yeah. They don't have, but want to is an emotional word. Yeah. They don't have the want to. I don't ever ask, do you want to work on the marriage? What I ask is, will you work on the marriage? Mm -hmm. Will is a choice. Yeah. And I say, if you will work on the marriage, then I'll be willing to work with you. And I'll be willing to share some books with you that you can read and we can discuss. If you're willing to work on the marriage, 
And if you're willing to work on a marriage, we take the first step, the second step, the third step. And often the first step is apologizing, to which I alluded when I was praying. Sometimes we have to apologize for past failures. Got it. Now, we, we all have the feeling if it's a fractured marriage, they're the problem. Mm -hmm. But Jesus said, get the beam out of your own eye first. Yeah. Then, then we work on them. So ask God to show you where you have failed in the past. He'll answer that prayer. Yeah. Confess your failures to God. Apologize to your spouse. Don't force them to forgive you. Give them time to process it but then choose to start speaking their language. Mm. And wow, that's, a, choice. that's, a, that's yeah. an important uh, factor. So um, the idea that it is an act of will, yeah. not an emotional feeling. You're giving us permission yeah. to step out to, you know, journey down this road with you, but it's not going to feel like anything at first. Yeah, absolutely. It's like when the Lord says, in everything that you do, do it as unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. I remember my little grandma um, had had you know had lived with my my grandfather for fifty plus years, and he passed away, and she had remarried someone. And I remember one day she said, you know, she said it gets hard because they were both older, yeah. and she was helping him a lot. She said, you know, she said I have just chosen that I am going to do all of this and take care of him as unto the Lord. And she mm -hmm. just made that decision. Yeah. And boy, she did it with flying colors every day. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we just have to get to that place where we're just going to be obedient yeah. to what God commands us to, to do in loving and serving others. That's the Christian perspective. The Christian, yeah. Jesus said, as often as you do it to the least of these, you do it yeah, to me. So if, yeah. if, if you're at that place, you just say, Lord, yeah. I want to do this in your power. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it to Jesus. Yeah. So see your spouse or your, or as, as Jesus yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and treat them like you treat Jesus and you're on a good road. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you one illustration. Okay. Yeah. I went to hospice to visit. <laughs> <laughs> I walked in the room. Uh, the man was in the bed. Uh, the wife was seated beside him. And when I walked in, she said, Dr. Chapman, I'm glad you're here because we're planning my husband's funeral together. And you can help us. So I took out my pen and pencil and took notes and just, we, we talked and I made notes. And when we finished all that, I said, uh, well, let me pray for you. So I stood on one side of the bed and took his hand and she went on the other side and took his hand. And I reached across the bed and held her hand and I prayed for both of them. And he was still fully conscious at this point. When I got through praying, I released his hand and I released her hand. But he held her hand and brought it to his mouth and kissed it. And when he did, I wept. Hmm. Because I remembered 35 years ago when that same couple sat in my office and said, we have no hope for our marriage. And I remember when I gave them the challenge, will you <laughs> work on your marriage? And I remember nine months later when they walked out of my office and said, Dr. Chapman, we'd never, ever thought it would be like it is now. Mm -hmm. And now here they are 35 years later at the end of the road. I wish every couple could end at the end of the road like that. Mm -hmm. My goodness. It's nothing like old love. <laughs>
Hang in there. You can do it. Woo. The five <laughs> love languages. The TBN special edition is available. Dr. Gary Chapman. This book is a phenomenon. Uh, everyone sees it. You walk by any bookstore. It's usually prominently displayed in bookstores or airport bookstores. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. It's been updated and it is available now. And Dr. Gary Chapman, thank you for... Sitting with us today here, uh, a new year, 2021. A lot of marriages have had stress in regard to 2020, and there's been just unique, weird things. And and life is different than a lot of us knew. Life is different. Maybe maybe you know this term new normal is here to stay. Who knows? But at some point, the greatest commandment that Jesus gave was to love. You've helped us identify categories, and this book, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Last, applies to your relationships with anybody, okay? And uh, it is available by going to that number. Um, we love to give you the final word, and uh, thanks for being with us. Final word is yours. Well, let me just thank you. It's been great chatting with you, and I appreciate you letting me own your personal lives. And <laughs> Checks in the mail. Oh, there's more. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just say to the audience, when you can talk this way in front of an audience, yeah. you know the marriage is secure. <laughs> oh, thank God. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.